Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. Getting ready to talk a, a little bit of college wrestling. Uh, Coach, beautiful weather we're having here. Uh, have you been out on your bike? Have you been using the, the good weather to get out, uh, cover some road on your on your bicycle? Big hey, rider. I've not been on the bicycle. I've not been on the motorcycle, but I've been on the golf course twice. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah. How's that going? Uh, going pretty well, actually. The uh, yeah, you see, yesterday very windy, so it was like a three club day. I think you know, oh. <laughs> maybe even four clubs different. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's- we're waiting for the opportunity to yeah. Some of the courses in the area have opened up and and stuff earlier than normal and. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get out on the course here as soon as we can. So awesome. Awesome. Well, big weekend for, uh, the state teams. Um, you know, Iowa headed down to Oklahoma state, big win there. Um, you and I and Iowa state had, uh, big wins this weekend. Um, not quite the Missouri team we're expecting to come. We can, uh, touch on that a little bit, but, um, all three teams ended their seasons with the regular seasons with dual victories. Let's start with the one in, uh, Stillwater, uh, on, on Sunday, um, the university of Iowa, uh, uh, ranked fourth in the coaches poll, went down to Oklahoma state. The only other undefeated other than uh, Penn State. And uh, that changed, certainly. (laughs) Um, But Oklahoma State ranked number two um, before that duel. And, you know, I I really would say from top to bottom, uh, I think this was Iowa's best uh, overall performance in a duel uh, this season. Without question, the uh, when Iowa came to wrestle, they were shooting off the whistle. They continued to shoot throughout the match, and and uh, in my opinion, that was definitely the best outing, uh, com- comparing the the competition level uh, of the season for sure. And 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 man, did they really need that too, getting into the uh, into the season or at the end of the season into the uh, into the tournaments. So uh, you know what a great way to end the season and springboard right into the Big Tens. Yeah, and even in the matches that they lost, you know, Brody Teske and Fix at the end, Teske was being the aggressor. You know, he had to be because he was down, but you know what I mean? It was, it, he was still, you know, trying to accomplish something there. Uh, and the loss that Voinovich had, you know, the takedowns that he gave up were off his shots. They were, you know, Williams was able to counter. I mean, I think there's a positive there. Arnold uh, up to 184, um, you know, hung with Dustin Plott, uh, even though he wasn't really able to get any offense going, but um, certainly hung in there uh, with the number two guy. Um, so there's some positives even with the the matches that they dropped. But, you know, was there was there any match that really kind of stood out to you um, I have a couple in mind, but any matches that really kind of stood out to you as far as, you know, uh, this was the highlight for for Iowa? Well, 
just without I, probably Frannick and, and Kennedy stand out to me. I mean, they, they came to, and even Woods, who didn't put a lot of points on the board, still was out shooting and firing. And, and uh, you know, actually, no one really stands out. They all stand out. I mean, like I said, and you kind of, uh, you know, sum, summarize the, the losses there. Uh, fix, I, I was expecting Fix to maybe be able to put bonus points on the board with bonus points easier to get yeah. this three point takedown. Hey, no, Tusky had nothing to do with that. So that makes that that decision at 33 maybe a little easier or maybe a little tougher. I don't know where they were at on that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, um, and, and we'll find out there um, with 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 um, Arnold, you know, Platt's number two in the nation. Arnold hung with him, never got, I don't know that he really got a shot off the entire, uh, the entire duel uh, match. Right. And uh, so... You know, there's a, a true freshman wrestling a seasoned veteran that's number two in the nation and hanging with him. So mm -hmm. that bodes well for the future. I don't know if they take the red shirt off him. I don't think they do. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll have to evaluate, you know, the team and what's best there. Uh, Voinovich, like you said, got in at least three times in on that, you know, throughout the, the match on that, that uh, double to single. And then, uh, but, but the, the, the difference there was Williams was able to finish it Voinovich wasn't. So, uh, you know, kudos to Williams. And Voinovich has got some work to do if he ends up being the man at 49. Yep. Uh, for me, I think on paper, the Caliendo win over uh, Olenek was was a big one, even though Caliendo has beaten him in the past. Olenek's had a really good season this year and has had some big wins. Um, I think that was a good one for Caliendo, who was coming off two losses. Um you know, Keeters win. Um, you know, Doucette's not a bad heavyweight. That's a guy that's kind of on that borderline, maybe podium guy, round of round of 12 guy. Um, and he won five to one, had a nice uh, reversal and two near fall um, in the third. He did a nice job. Uh, I think wrote him out, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Stuff on top. yeah. yeah well, so, he got one one point. Well, that was earlier in the match, so I think wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was when he escaped in the second period. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I think that was a that was a good win. I, I agree with you. I still think the red shirts for both uh, stay intact. Um, but you never know. Um. I just don't know if the reward is there. To you know, just depends, I guess, how much you value possibly getting second over fourth, third, or fourth. You know, is it is it worth that um, to set things up for for next year? You know, and I'll say, just kind of looking at things in the past, you know, Kale Sanderson has not necessarily forfeited things, but there have been years where he's decided. You know what? We're we're redshirting guys, and we're gonna get things lined up for a future run. If that means we get sixth, seventh, or eighth this year, so be it. Um, you know, and then he's had juggernaut teams that went on a four-year run. You know, I think that would be something Iowa Iowa could set up here after this year because I think everybody's in agreement. Nobody's touching Penn State this year. You know, there 
nobody. Not not an improved Oklahoma State. Um, you know, nobody from the ACC. Iowa isn't. Um, so the reward to pull the red shirts, just I don't think it's there. Not individually, not team wise, but I don't I don't get paid to make that decision, right? Right. Uh, but that's that's just my take on it. Sounds like you're you're kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I've been that way for quite a while. And, and the, the only exception would be, and I've said this before, is it heavyweight? If, you know, if um, um, Keeter's, you know, NFL, uh, an NFL prospect in three or four years or whatever, will he be around to, to, to enjoy a red shirt fresh uh, wrestling season? So, um, or will he even be still be playing football? Will he even still be wrestling? But, you know, there's a lot of ifs there. So, right. Um, so you know that's a question mark there. So that one kind of is a little more open maybe than Arnold. I think Arnold doesn't redshirt at all. I really don't think Keeter should either. But that's not me. And you and I don't make the big bucks like you said. And and uh, <laughs> you know I've I've kind of been in that camp for most of the season, uh, at least you know the last half year. And uh, and and I don't think anything's changed. Like you said, they haven't really shown anything that they're they're great competitors, but they're going to be even better next year. So, um, some of the other results, you know, Drake Ayala, uh, nice job, nice job, uh, gutting out a win, getting a takedown, actually cinching up a cradle and putting Spratly on his back, almost had a fall there in overtime. <clears throat> um, but you know, he, he got things started off, uh, uh, with a win. Then, uh, you know, Franick, uh, if if you haven't seen it already, uh, for our viewers, go to thegazette.com. Uh, I had a feature on Jared Franick going into the Oklahoma State meet. Um, you know, not a lot of D1 wrestlers have come from North Dakota. Kind of mentioned how growing up he heard story of the Steiners, Troy and uh, Terry Steiner that uh, grew up uh, in the Bismarck area, came to Iowa. One was a four-time All-American NCAA champ. One was a three-time All-American and NCAA champ uh, for Dan Gable in the 90s. Um, he talked about uh, Scott Schiller, who was the upper weight for Minnesota that actually came from his uh, own high school, uh, Fargo. Uh, I think it was uh, Fargo West High School there in Fargo, North Dakota. Um and their families were close, but not a lot of D1 representation um, out of North Dakota. And that's something that he kind of, uh, it's not like at the forefront, you know, that's not what's pushing him or, or anything. But he does make a point to talk to kids and say, hey, uh, you know, when he goes back for camps and clinics and talks to them and, hey, you know, this is something, look, I'm doing it, you can too. You know, and, and really is uh, really views the importance of his impact on wrestler, young wrestlers, especially those from North Dakota, letting them know, Hey, it, it's, it's there for you. You know, here are the examples, um, you know, Steiner Schiller himself uh, as guys that, that have uh, parlayed hard work and, and dedication and, you know, being an all American at the D one level. Uh, that's interesting that you bring up the the few 
big names that uh, come out of North Dakota. It made me think of other states like, uh, you know, it, that's kind of something to be that that at that level out of a state like North, uh, North Dakota. Like I think of Utah. Who do you think of? You know, the Sandersons and then then who? <laughs> and um, you think of Florida. Uh, are the loft houses from Utah? It might be. That might be the only one. Yeah. You know, that might be the only other one other than the Sandersons. But anyway. So and then yeah, you Florida. Florida, like, uh, is it Bono, I think, from Florida? And then, you know, you can't pick a couple others. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. But but uh, there's something to be said for that. That's an interesting take. I like that. Yeah. So uh, you can see that at gazette.com. And, of course, uh, he, uh, he bucked the Pilcher curse, uh, came up with a win there against the top 10 opponent, Pete Travis. Um, you know, you mentioned Kennedy and his bonus uh, point victory, which really helped Iowa there in the second half of the duel. And then how about Zach Glazier? <laughs> okay, it's going to sound like a broken record. But, okay, so I don't root for wrestlers or, or teams, right? And I know that might upset uh, fans of Iowa, Iowa State, you and I. I don't root for them. I cover them. I, I report on them. I do like good stories and hope good stories play out. And I say that for the fact is that I'm extremely happy for Zach Glazier because whether fans want to admit it or not, he was one of the ones that they were looking to push out or wanted replaced. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you, you can see it on message boards. You heard people talk about it, you know, face-to-face. Uh, -face. And look what he's done this year. He's put together one of the best seasons of anybody in the lineup. And Oklahoma, his win over server locked up the duel, and that's the sixth time. Now, granted, his position in the lineup being towards the end, he has that opportunity more than others. But the fact that he's come through at Oklahoma State, at Iowa State, you know, um, at home, I really, I really am happy for the of what he's doing. Because, like I said, he was the one that everybody, they were so bent on bringing in other people, even at the second the start of the second semester. And you know who I'm talking about without saying his name. And yet, you see what he's done. Now, who has he wrestled? That You know, Server was decent. He's had some decent wins. He hasn't, other than Aaron Brooks, really hasn't had that top guy. Um, but he's done what's asked of him and who's in front of him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but just another how fitting was it for them to get a big win at Oklahoma State, last duel of the regular season, and him putting the final nail in the coffin there for, for that victory. I just thought it was uh fitting and, and glad that uh hope this carries over into the postseason for Zach Glazier. Right. And and servers, I mean, he's a a similar ranked level ranked wrestler. So you know, to get a nice win against him, that's speaks that that's nice. Uh, and you know, his match with Brooks wasn't there wasn't a big gap, as I recall. It was a fairly close score, right? Regular decision, five one, I think. Yeah, five one. Yeah, and and so uh, you know, again, I, you know, I asked you, do you think he's under ranked and? And you're, you know, we haven't wrestled anyone from two to eight. Was your response? And 
And uh, so, you know, yes, maybe he is, but we don't know. So that's yeah. the, we're going to find out at Big Ten and we're going to find out at, at Nationals for sure. And uh, that might might have served him well to gain that confidence throughout the season that he's just been wrestling with. And that incident at the Soldier Salute, he, uh, uh, you know, that would I think that was a, a real nice thing for him because it, it amped up his his attitude, his, his confidence, his his, you know, his grit, uh, you know, so I, I just don't think that was a bad thing for him uh, other than, you know, the incident itself, but, but the, right. afterwards, you know, and, uh, and it certainly, it certainly brought the fan base into his, into his corner, that plus his success that he's had. So, uh, you know, kudos to you, Zach, keep it rolling. Yep. Um, here, here are some of the, so you mentioned the big 10, um, you've got, uh, Aaron Brooks, obviously, uh, number one. Um, then the next ranked Big Ten 197-pounder is Jackson Smith of Maryland, who Iowa has not faced this year. Uh, th this is the win This is uh, uh, win rankings uh, that we received yesterday. Um, and then Smith is 10th, Blazers 11th. Uh, you've got Silence, uh, Silas Allred, who... I think was really the kind of the breakout um, win for Glazier. Um, he's 13th. And then that's it as far as the top 20, according to, to win. So, you know, you would expect, uh, you know, a, a good finish and, and see how he does against uh, Smith and all red again. Um, assuming he sees one of those two um, on his side of the bracket opposite of uh, Brooks, but then how will he be against, the, you know, a Michael Beard or, you know, uh, Jacob Cardenas of uh, Cornell? Um, you know, Stephen Little from Little Rock is a redshirt freshman ranked ninth. Um, you know, that six through 10, I think not, not overly intimidating, right? With names and ranked guys. Uh, the top five, you know, you've got Brooks and Hidley, Tanner Sloan, Stephen Buchanan, who's now at Oklahoma, um, Michael Beard, you know, still, you know, gosh, you think uh, the way that he's wrestled, he could hang with uh, a lot of those guys right now, and uh, we'll see. Right. And, uh, you know, it, 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 97 is a weight class where, you know, kind of like, Sometimes at heavyweight, anything can happen. Uh, right. Maybe more so at 97. Um, you know, because you got, you know, th those are the kind of weights where you've got football players that had to make a decision. Do I want to wrestle in college or do I want to play football in college? And then a lot of them go football. And, uh, you know, see, so that kind of thins out the herd, so to speak, at those two weights. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, th there's some years when heavyweights just, you know, we, like we've watched that in the last few years where it's just been really loaded or there's just been some great standout. And, uh, and then not too bad after that. And then, right. um, you know, so it's kind of that way at 97, you know, you got one that just stands out then you've got, it really could go any way with, you know, maybe even clear down to hopefully down to 11. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, of course we want Tanner Sloan to do well, but you know, Tanner's beatable as well. He wrestles right. wide open sometimes and that can sometimes open you up for, for, uh, failure there too so good luck to tanner i don't want to sneak by him 
Right. And, you know, uh, just one last thing of note from, from Iowa on my part, um, looking at the rankings from Wynn, um, two people we have talked about already, uh, Arnold and Keeter, not in the rankings. So that tells go. me that tells me somebody's probably talked and said, okay, you know, should should we rank so-and-so? And they're like, yeah, no, he's not going to be going. Now, that's not in cement. That could change. Um, but I think I think we're seeing that. Uh, I would bet that Riggins and Hill end up getting a nod uh, for the postseason. Is Hill ranked at heavyweight? No. So he's not ranked either. Uh, Riggins wouldn't be ranked. But uh, I think you're right. That's a that's a, if, if we'd have seen Hill, then I would have said for sure. But he Hill's, <laughs> Hill's kind of on the bubble there, whether he's rankable or not. So. Yeah, he's probably in that mid twenty. Well, uh, Win only goes one to twenty. He's probably in that twenty four, twenty five, twenty six range. Yeah. So, and then you know the coach. A lot of times, though, the coach will nominate or the the whoever's doing the rankings will contact the coach and say, like you just suggested. Uh, is he, do we rank him? And you know that's maybe you know a good indication right there. They're redshirt, and I agree with you. Okay, now that's good to know. Um, let's, uh, let's move, uh, to, uh, uh, big 12, uh, duels this weekend, uh, Missouri coming through, um, you know, really pumped up for, for their trip to Cedar Falls and, uh, um, uh, to Ames. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't really get to see a lot of what we, uh, had hoped for, um, flew apparently kind of ripped through the team, um. Brian Smith said they had eight reserves that wrestled at Cedar Falls on Friday. Of course, you and I ended up winning eight matches and, and won 31 to six, I believe. Um, then, in, uh, and of course, one of those guys that did not wrestle, Keegan O'Toole, which prevented us from seeing uh, David Carr versus O'Toole on Sunday in Carr's final match in Hilton. Uh, he finished with a pin, but um, you know, I almost got the feeling that even though Missouri kind of announced, uh, like I think it was during the day Friday that, you know, on Twitter they said, Hey, you know, due to illness, we were, we're shorthanded. Uh, we're not going to have our regular lineup to let people know, um, I got the feeling that Dresser thought there might be a little more something to it, that this might be a strategy from Smith, not bringing his full team um, on the trip. Um, I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but you know, he seemed to think maybe there was some strategy involved with who did come and who didn't, but, you know. Still disappointing, uh, regardless of the reason that we didn't uh, see you and I in Iowa State against a full Missouri team. Well, I didn't see the quotes or whatever from from Dresser. Uh, you know, when you're pulling, there were six guys out of the lineup that didn't wrestle the meet before. Uh, who did they wrestle before? Uh, I forget who they wrestled, but six of the guys were out of the lineup, uh, including. 
four top 10 uh, wrestlers. O O'Toole, number one. Uh, Brock Mahler uh, was the 11th, so there's there's that fifth one. And then you have mm -hmm. Noah Shurtan at 25. He's ranked seventh. Uh, Rocky Limit at 197 is, is eighth. And Peyton Mako at uh, 174, he's ranked 10th. So, I mean, yeah, you're holding out five. I can't believe you're holding guys out that many out. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe you had four out or five out, and now you're O'Toole's not feeling the best. Maybe that's what Dresser was leaning towards, you know, because that's the biggie. You know, you want to get, you know, that's that's David's chance to become the number one seed. Uh, mm -hmm. I would think to be able to get that win over over O'Toole. Uh, otherwise, O'Toole's would probably be number one, and maybe now it becomes a little bit. I think David be, would be number two, but he does have that loss. So, sure. Um, and I kind of, you know, why would you, why would you do that for one and then throw, you know, Elam at heavyweight to the wolves, right? If you're going to, yeah. if you're strategizing that, I, you know, uh, and, and not to mention, I don't think, uh, somebody like Keegan O'Toole would want to do that. You know what I mean? That wouldn't be something like, Hey, why don't you take this weekend off? Oh, sure. Yeah. No problem. Um, you know, especially with. The chance to wrestle uh David Cargill and something competitors yeah, don't shy I don't away. Know, but I get the sense that he's a he's a, I, he would not want to do that either. So yeah, um and uh yeah yeah yes exactly uh um Elam uh, which is Zach Elam at heavyweight uh yeah he kind of he's kind of a lone ranked guy in the lineup so and uh he did not have a good particularly good weekend he, you know I again I I just younger Bastida just amazes me. He's I mean that guy could win it all. He's that good. Holy cow. He majored majored him 13 to 4. Um and had some very explosive uh I mean Big what he's doing against 240, 250, 260 pound competitors, he's making them look like they're both 84 pounders. Uh, you know, with him being able to lift and you know put guys down, and and the way he's hitting shot, I mean, it's just really, you know, we've said it multiple times. It's his move to heavyweight has probably been one of the best moves uh, of just about uh, anybody in college wrestling in the last few years. Right. I mean, his speed and agility is so, so good. And now add that power and strength that you, that you talked about. And you, you saw the finishes, the lifts that he did on, on Elam, who's not a, he's not a small kid guy either. So, uh, no. uh, so that's where I'm saying maybe he, you know, he could win it all. I, I wouldn't bet against him, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, I wonder because if Bastida and Kirk Vallette, uh if they meet, that more than likely is going to be in the finals of the NCAA tournament, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would because Bastida is going to be yeah. probably two or three. He'll be on the other side I, of the bracket. Yeah, I would. I would think so. Um, but sometimes with those goofy seedings, you could kind of get an outlier that kind of sneaks in there and, and bumps everybody down. I just don't see it 
this year, especially with what he's done. Um, did, now, did, this, go ahead. Did that happen last year with Cassiope? I think so. Wasn't he a one seed below and put him on the same side of the bracket? That's Kirk Follett. Uh I think that was because of uh, Hendrickson. And then who was the other – who was the other heavyweight in there that bumped him down this was Ferris still no he isn't Ferris I can't is. remember but yeah I think that's what I think that's what did happen uh that kind of um that bumped him down put him on the same side um I don't I don't see that happening to Bastida but um getting to the finals having wrestled each other or that being the first time does that favor Bastida um not getting his hands on or Kirk Valit not not getting his hands on him and, and kind of seeing what it's like to to wrestle him or does that favor uh Bastida that being the the first time that he faces uh the Penn State heavyweight you know what I mean yeah, I do. And I think it really, if I had to pick one that would favor, I think it would probably favor Bastida. Okay. Uh, you know, because, you know, Bastida's kind of an unknown. He's a, he goes out and fires him off as well. And is <laughs> very aggressive and, is, you know, has a high pace. And, uh, you know, so I think that would benefit him not letting Kirk Millette, uh ha, you know, have, have had uh, that match previously or whatever. So. See, I would agree with, you know, with his style and, you know, uh, his, as you mentioned, you know, his athleticism, his, his quickness. Um, I think you'd want to get your hands on him one time during the season, just to kind of feel that out, you know, kind of, kind of understand, you know, what exactly you're dealing with and, and getting your hands on him and, kind of understanding, all right, when we get in this position, I I have to make sure I do this or I can't do this or else that's going to feed right into, you know, his his leg attack or his his offense. Uh, when I'm on top, I can ride this way. Um, you know, uh, when we're on the mat, he likes doing this. Um, I just think that – I agree with you. I think that favors Bastida not – uh, not facing one another, uh, and of course we're putting the cart in front of the horse. They've got to get there first. But, um, but I, I tell you what, I would not be surprised to see uh, younger Bastida and David Carr both wrestling Saturday night. Yeah, in Kansas City. Yeah, and Kirk, Kirk, like he's a pretty athletic and, and uh, uh, ag you know, agile guy as well. So, you know that might. Yeah. Right. You know, so I don't know, you know, that's an intriguing matchup for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, of course, they've got uh, a lot of hurdles to clear here with the Big 12s, Big 10s. But that was definitely a big, impressive win over Elam 13-4 to uh, to cap off Iowa State's 41-3 uh, win there. Uh, Etchemendia, uh, he had a big win, too, at 141. Um, beating Josh Edmond, um, 10-9, big comeback, uh, I believe, there for for him to score late. Um, Edmond was coming off a win over Kale Happel, you and I, on Friday. So 
nice win for Etchmandia. Um Evan Frost with a technical fall. Same with Casey Swiderski. Um, you know, David Carr, um, even though it wasn't the big match that everybody was looking forward to or hoping for, um, he got a pin to cap off his home career at, at Hilton, which was a nice way for him to go out. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that guy's been an institution there and he's a really good kid too and great family. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully he can repeat it at once, or not repeat, but win another title at once. Win another title. So. Yeah. Um, anything else? I mean, it's tough to really kind of pull much out of that Missouri duel just because, uh, you know, the lineup that Missouri was fielding. Uh, one thing of note that was covered last week uh, in Dresser's press conference Um People will see that Ethan Perryman received a forfeit at 125 for Iowa State. Uh, that's because Kyson Terakinas had some legal trouble. Uh, apparently, uh, kind of like a, a probation violation where uh, maybe some miscommunication with uh, a PO and uh, Terakina um, kind of missed reporting or, or something to that effect. Um, so, He's had some legal issues. Kevin Dresser addressed it last Tuesday or Wednesday when he had his media availability. Um, but they're working with him. Uh, whether or not he's in the lineup for the Big 12 kind of depends on uh, kind of what he, according to Kevin Dresser, depends on how he uh, he responds to what happened. And sounds like he's taken ownership of it. Um and how he kind of works in practice and, and deals with the situation will determine whether or not we see him uh, for the postseason. Right. And that's, you know, that, that that's a nice family. At least that's my impression. Uh, you know, his brother was, was Kyle's teammate and, uh, and uh, Kyle had great words for, you know, his brother, not that we didn't discuss this matter at all, but you know, when Kyle was, a, when they were teammates, uh, you know, he had a lot of respect for for his brother and, and uh, you know, so I, I think it's, like you said, it's a miscommunication, but that's on him. He's got a, he's got a man up and, you know, be an adult and, and answer to those. And, you know, on the other hand, if it's a, if it's a probation violation, not to downplay that at all, but it's not like there was another crime or, or incident that went on. This is just a, you know, uh, you know, I'm supposed to go into the, you know, in the, Probation officers got to do what they got to do, and you know, good for them. But you know, yeah. like I said, that's on Caratina for you know not taking care of matters there. And, and uh, but I don't think it should hold him out of postseason at all. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think that's one thing that Kevin Dresser kind of mentioned, and definitely not condoning anything. I mean, if you have things that you've got to meet uh, for your probation, you've got to do that. But Dresser kind of mentioned. You know, he did he did reach out maybe instead of calling or talking to him in person, it was an email or a text or something like that where think thinks that suffices for what he's doing. It turns out it doesn't, you know, you don't know that or you think you're being compliant, it turns out that that doesn't fulfill that and you just don't don't know. Um, but it sounds like he he attempted to, and then found out later maybe that that was no, that wasn't good enough. Um, 
So I don't think it was anything real nefarious. Uh, going off what Dresser Dresser shared with the the media, but still, it's an infraction. You've got to deal with it, and we'll see just how he responds. We'll find out how he responds, whether or not he's going to be in Tulsa um, the weekend after next. So, I'd be uh, hopefully, hopefully everything gets ironed out the way it should. Right, and I'd be shocked, surprised, and disappointed if he wasn't. Uh, if that's if, that, if right. that's all what if, that this issue is about, so right. if, if it's deeper than that, then we we're not aware. So, uh, you and I had a, a nice uh, final weekend of the season. Uh, we mentioned their uh, their win over uh, Missouri as well, winning eight of ten weight classes uh, against the Tigers. Of course, you know we talked about the the lineup, obviously, but still. Uh, some some good wins there. Um, you know, you look at uh, kind of what uh, you know, Ryder Downey, uh, Wyatt Volker, some of those guys, what they were able to do. Um, you know, that was a that was a good team win for them. Uh, but you know, they followed it up with a, a pretty decisive win over Wisconsin, twenty seven eleven on. Uh, on Sunday, so good, really good weekend, I think, for them. Uh, overall, right? And let's start right at the top. Uh, Parker Kakaisen, man, that guy, he is if that guy can keep it rolling, I mean, I wish the best for him to, to be a, uh, on top of that podium in March. But, but uh, you know, he beats Colton Hawk from Missouri. Colton Hawk was the only winner, and he beat Feldkamp in the Iowa State uh, match, right. And uh, actually, put twelve points on the board against Belcamp. So uh, you know, and then and then uh, Kakaisen majors um, uh, was it a major? Let's see, yes, twelve to two major over Hawks. So I mean, he just just an energizer bunny that keeps rolling, and he's so fun to watch. And and uh, you know, so you got to start there, really, in my opinion. You know, and then oh, the, yeah. the downside was, of course, our buddy, you know, Kale Happel. Uh, that that uh, lost a four to three match to Edmonds from uh, Missouri, and then uh, he re- rebounded and, and got a technical fall against Wisconsin. But but that one kind of stubbed his toe there on that in that uh, Missouri match. You know, Ryder right, right Downey uh, again. Um, you know, he got a win against Wisconsin. Uh, he is definitely put together uh, a season. I'm really. Really excited to see uh, how his postseason plays out. Agreed. He's out. He's this last month. He's been on a terror, in my opinion. He's really done a nice job, and and uh, you know, so hopefully he can keep that rolling and uh, pulling for him. Indianola kid. So. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm getting vibes of a of a Steyer. Out of him, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe even a little bit better. Um, uh, you know, Steyer becoming an All American. I mean, you know, I uh, I just get a I just get a Steyer feel out of him, and I think there's some uh, big things sitting in front of him here. Um, and he's had some great wins, so you know, uh, I just I'm just uh. Really, really anxious to see how 
the postseason plays out because we know that could be totally different than the regular season for some wrestlers uh, for various reasons. But I hope he continues things um, in the Tulsa and, and hopefully Kansas City as well. But Downey, I get the feeling. Yeah, you know, I don't know him very well, but uh, I get the feeling he's just got this kind of this tough attitude. You know, he's he's not going to back down from any any tough match or anything like that, and and uh, he's not going to ball up and curl up or whatever and 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 roll away or whatever. He's he's right. going to be in there for the battle, and I like that. Yep. Uh, Jared Sima had a nice win at one seventy four against Wisconsin. Uh, he beat uh, Max Mailer, who's uh, who's kind of ranked in that uh, mid-teens range. Uh, put together a sixteen to six major decision there, so a uh, big win for him heading into the postseason. And then uh, Wyatt Volker, uh, he had a major decision, twelve to two at one ninety-seven. That's his seventh straight uh, victory. Uh, for him to close the regular season. So uh, uh, looks like he's kind of getting closer to, to peaking here. Um, ever since the Iowa state duel, he's come out on top. The last loss coming to, a, uh, I believe a ranked kid from Utah Valley, uh, which is his last one. So. Right. Last loss. Those guys that you mentioned really have been springboarding on uh, SEMA. Uh, like you said, Mailer was, it is a, uh, uh, Interman has him ranked 12th and has SEMA ranked 29th. So that was a real nice win, you know, a, a big win for him there. And then Volker, with, with, uh, it's good to see him going. You know, he put in a good hard offseason, Volker did, and, and uh, you know, to put him himself in position for his – this is his first full year, right, on, on varsity here. And, and uh, so I think that's going to be – you know, whatever happens in postseason is going to be fun, but I, I'm looking forward to, to – uh, um, next season as well to see. I don't want to you know put the cart in front of the horse. I want to finish up this one, and, but uh, I just see that guy keeping improving all the way through here. How big is it for you and I to close out with two big wins like that? Well, well the Missouri one is, is that's that's cool and it's fun and all that, but it has to be kind of a little bit of a. Not deflating, but you know, just kind of you know, we got her. We should have had it, you know, with the the five ranked guys. Kind of that meh. Yeah, so you know, at least you're not dealing with a loss, and you know, or even maybe quite possibly a whooping. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you never know. And sure, and uh, you know, and then the Wisconsin man meet ended up being a bit of a battle early on, and then uh, you and I ran away with it in the upper weights. But uh, uh, you know, so that was nice to to take charge and take command there but but uh you know so i think it was good i think it's a, real important that by the way this is the 100th season did you i think we mentioned that early on way at the beginning of the year just to remind everyone the 100th season season of you and i wrestling wow wow quite quite a milestone a nice way to to kind of close off the the regular season for that but um just the just the big season in general from everything from you know, maybe the not so good with the West Gym situation, but then finding out that they're gonna find a way to create a new facility through the, you know, for people that don't know, it's a campus-wide improvement uh, campaign um, that 
that's going to be a part of. So you go from having to, to find your own home to hearing plans for a better uh, facility uh, all around. You know, uh, had some good performances throughout the year. Um, and then capping off the regular season with wins. It, it's been a real interesting season for you and I all the way throughout, hasn't it? Right. You know, I, I had forgotten or just put it aside that they'd lost their workout facility and their competition gym and the old gym. I mean, you know, I spent four years in that, in that place and, mm -hmm. and well, that was home. They used to have some small concerts in that building and, <laughs> and uh, uh, just, you know, there's so much history in that. And I forgot about it. And, you know, kudos for Sean Kelly for stepping up and providing a, a facility for the UNI team to compete in, but that's off campus. And that's a hardship when you have to, you have to be able to travel away to your facility. I don't even think it has um, uh, shower facilities. I could be wrong or I haven't been in it, but I, that's what I thought I heard. So, I mean, that again is another hardship theory. Kids have to go home and shower or whatever. And, and uh, you know, so right. good. I forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that up. Because, I mean, it really has been uh, just, a, just a different year. And kudos to the, to the guys on that team because they really embraced everything. I still remember how, you know, kind of the improvements in the word like freaking painting walls yeah. uh, of the, you know, how many D one athletes would you go to and say, you know what, this season you don't have a, we're going to throw you in a gym to work out. Uh, if you don't like that, you have to go off campus, find a, find your own facility. And then when you get there, they're like, Oh yeah, all the touch-ups, you know, putting up the pads and the mats. You're gonna have to paint the walls too. How many D1 athletes would go? All right, whatever we need to do, let's do it. And that's what these guys have done. Right, and then your reward is later on in the season, because of snow and other things, you you get to jump into a van, drive a blizzard in a blizzard down to Ames and wrestle yeah, right. in a in a the Iowa State wrestling room with no spectators. <laughs> Oh, right. What a season, you know, and it's, you know, those types of things honestly can draw a team together. It can be a, a bonding, you know, uh, experience that early on working on the, on the room, you know, in the, the facility. And then, and then, uh, you know, I, you know, I, you can say we're, we're going on the road. We're not going to duck anyone. We're going after our competition, whatever, you know, in, in the room and you know, kind of get the motivation going and amongst yourselves and, and, uh, you know, so that's it. They're making the, the good out of the bad and uh, good for them. And it helps when you have somebody like a Parker Kekeisen too. Um, you know, we've, we've ad nauseum have talked about uh, what he's done and what type of wrestler he is on the mat in competition. But the fact that your national finalist is one of the first ones to grab a ladder, grab a paintbrush, grab a hammer or a screwdriver and be there before practices to do, you know, to help with a project and then 
you know, stay after to clean up or mat, mop the mats or whatever. That's your national finalist. You know, that's your top-ranked guy doing the, you know, doing the yeoman's work. Um, I mean, that goes a long way, you know. For the guy that comes into that, uh, to that wrestling room uh, without humility and then to see, you know, the number one ranked guy in the country doing stuff like that, because, you know, one, uh, he wants it to be best for himself and his teammates. And two, because that's what the team, you know, team first attitude kind of calls for. Um, I, I mean, I just think that is a, a, a great sign of a leader and, and kind of a servant leader at that. Right. You, you know, you get just by listening to and hearing those stories and watching on the mat, you get the feeling that he's a blue collar worker, you know, and a blue collar leader, you know, do as I do is sort of a leader, you know, and, uh, but let's face it. Let me ask you this. First of all, let's face it. The, the UNI season is going to be a success only in my, in my opinion, this is going to be a great season, but it's going to only going to be a success when he's on top of the podium. Cause that guy, anything less than that's going to be a disappointment for him. That being said, that being said, throw out Aaron Brooks, and I'm not even so sure anymore about Aaron Brooks. Bring him a little bit back into the mix. But throw out Aaron Brooks. Who's your next person that you you would say, okay, there's a, there's, I'm banking on this guy to win a title. If you go, go through the weights, I mean, Kaisen seems to be out in front of almost everyone else at 84, whereas you go to the other weight classes and you've got some big, big I mean, obviously 25. And we know a, a 33, there's some you know, mixes there. 41, you know, we've got mess there. You know, so he might be the next guy after Brooks. And, and you know, Brooks, Brooks has kind of came back to the pack a little bit, in my opinion. So, you know, I, I would say I would have said Starochi maybe uh, without that injury that right. that just happened. Um, now, uh, now who knows? Um, with that, but yeah, um, you know, with the way Kekhaizen has wrestled and how he's just obliterated uh, opponents of any ranking, um, you know, with Tech Falls and Majors, I just don't see uh, it's, his, it's just his to lose, right? Right. Uh, you know, you compare that compare that to uh like you said 125 where you know you could uh you could roll out you could roll the dice and it would come out in a different order uh just about every time um right. you know so if you're in fantasy uh wrestling uh contest save 125 as your last pick because <laughs> more than likely you're going to get somebody that's going to do well regardless of when you pick them because you just don't know that's going to play out. Right. And then right? You look at 165, you know, you got, uh, uh, you know, I messed there a little bit too, you know, O'Toole and yeah. that we've been talking about. And and uh, what? And then uh, as Griffin is 74, he's 74, isn't he? Uh, Who's that? Uh, Shane Griffin. Yeah, 74. So he's 74. He's like third or fourth ranked, didn't he now? Yeah. So uh, yeah. champion. Jeez. Yeah, when 
uh, just to expand on 65, um, you know, we talked about the season that Olenek has. He's probably going to be like a five or a six seed now. But, you know, 165, sure, you've got O'Toole and Carr leading the way. But then, you know, you've got Messingbrink from Penn State. You've got Hamony from uh, Wisconsin. Um, you know, Julian Ramirez from Cornell is, I think, ranked seventh. And he's uh, he's a guy that has a win over par um, this season. So, you know, you're even looking at Cam Amin, who's been an All-American, and he's uh, ranked 10th right now. I mean, that's a deep, that's a deep weight class that um, – you know, would it would it surprise you if Dean Hammondy's in the finals? A little bit, but you know, he's a he's a guy that could be. You know, he's so you've got a deep uh, class where, uh, you know, Kakai is in. It's not that his not that his weight is bad. It's just he separated himself from everybody on that list. Exactly. That's the, that's what I'm talking about. He's he's been because he's wrestled uh, when they've wrestled. I think at least two that I can remember that were ranked second at the time they wrestled. That he's, you know, he's beaten them at least two that I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. What's Penn State kid's name? I, I'm escaping right now. Truex. 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 Early on in the All Star meet, and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, Plots. Then they or Plot. Then they wrestled. Uh, yep. Second when they wrestled um, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, so at least those, I mean, and there's, you know, that's kind of a scramble. He's just, I mean, and I hope, I hope he does. Cause that's a guy you really, you really want, you know, that blue collar guy. And I didn't mean to get off on that. Yeah. And so we can break down that for the nationals, but. Oh, yeah. sure. Sure. But yeah, it, it definitely, um, you know, it would be a disappointment. I don't want to go that far. I don't want to go that far to say it'd be a disappointment if he doesn't win it just because you know it's that's a hard thing to do but certainly that's the expectation right that that he does and I would think there's got to be an expectation of possibly you know three All-Americans coming out of that that lineup um maybe you know two two to three um I think you would hope for, um, you know, when you got Happel, Downey, Kekaisen, um, I'm sure they're they're hoping and and thinking they they have more, but um, having Kekaisen there on Saturday night again, getting a couple more on the stand with them, um, I think that's something that. Uh, they should be uh, looking for or hoping for um, here in the next couple of weeks. Right. And, you know, you got to get there first, but I got to think they're, they're hoping like a SEMA, um, a Gordon, Farber, we've talked about. He's a, he's a, yep. he'll, he'll battle. Even Anderson at 25. I, I, don't I was going to say, don't overlook Trevor Anderson because I think there's some sneaky potential there. Right. So there's, you know, and obviously you got to get there. So we get through big 12s first. We'll talk about that. <laughs> later. Uh, hey, let's, uh, do you, do you have any uh, uh, teeing off with Briggs since you have been golfing a little bit? 
Uh, I do. Do you want to finish up D three yet, or do you want to do? Let's do well, tee off. Why don't we tee, why don't we uh, tee off and then we'll get into the uh, D upcoming D three and D two uh, uh, regionals. Does okay. that sound good? Yeah, it'll be this one kind of deals with D three, so the T and off. Oh. So, so, so the oh, topic we is we're we're all right to do it. Okay. Uh, the uh, my my topic is eighteen qualifiers for the NCAA tournament is ridiculous. So here we are. So I, I realize the NCAA is too busy to, uh, trying to stay in business to be worried about <laughs> Division Two and Division Three uh, non-revenue sports championship participation numbers. However, let's do it. Let's go there anyway. D1 has 33 qualifiers per weight. NAIA has a 32-man bracket, though it's usually about 28 uh, per weight. Um, and then uh, D2 and D3 have 18. So that here's how they, they set it up. Six regionals with three qualifiers per weight. That's a different argument in itself that we've discussed. All right. Okay. So we'll set that aside. Uh, so let's focus for a minute on D3. According to the NCAA website, there are 124 D3 schools compared to 67 in D2 and 78 in D1. Uh, that's a little bit more than half the number of the D3 schools are a little bit less. Anyways, it's about half, right? Uh, anyway, the uh, with 10 weight classes uh, that are, uh, uh, there are theoretically uh, 1,240 uh, D3 wrestlers competing for 180 spots, right? So there's 124 schools times 10, 1,240 uh, D3 wrestlers. Obviously, there's going to be forfeits and so somewhere, but... Um, then in, in D1, you'd have 780 that are vying for 330 spots. You know, that, that's, you know, somewhere. That, so that puts the D1 wrestlers at 42% of them are going to qualify. The D3 wrestlers, it's a whopping 15% of, the, of, the, of that number have a chance to qualify. And at D2, that's a 27% chance. Still not a great improvement there. Uh, and if you'll remember, in 2021, the NCAA hosted... Division one and division two, like if, if I have the year right anyway, uh, wrestling championships, but they shunned D3. That's when the NWCA had to step up and, and, uh, and host a tournament there. So in my opinion, you know, they cast, they cast it aside nine, if I remember right, nine sports, not just wrestling, but nine championships <laughs> that year, if I remember right. Uh, anyway, um, to me, that's a sign to the D3 schools what, where your hierarchy is in the NCAA standings, you know, or, you know, their thoughts anyway. So NCAA, if you increase your participation, increase your attendance, then you'll increase revenue. It's the old build it and they will come. And, uh, right. uh, so come on, NCAA, wake up, or should I say man up while you're still relevant? There's, that's it. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, with everything you said, it's just such a disservice, uh, to the D three athletes that you mentioned fifteen percent representation, um, at the national compared. You know, that's a, almost a third of what you said, roughly, of uh, at the D one level. So, yeah. you know. It's not that much harder to add, to make it a 32-man bracket, bring in the teams. Yeah, it's going to cost a little bit, but you're going to make more 
at the gate because you're going to have a lot more people and their families and such that are going to come in and and uh, bring revenue to the city and and uh, you know, so that, that's what, to whatever city is hosting you know um, yeah. it's, get perks there I guess or whatever you call it so anyway that's my teeing off this week. No, I I agree, and of course, uh, you know, we'll see that kind of play out here um, over the next uh, two weeks with the regionals coming up this weekend. Um, the Lower Midwest Regional is this Thursday and Friday at uh, the Alliant Energy Powerhouse here in Cedar Rapids. Um, now that's where you're going to have uh, all the uh, American Rivers Conference uh uh, schools. You also have like Augustana, Illinois, North Central will be coming over. Cornell um, from the Midwest Conference. A um, couple of schools from Missouri. Uh, even uh, a team from Texas uh, coming up in uh, Shriner, uh, Texas. Uh, University of the Ozarks from Arkansas coming up as well. Uh, Milliken uh, is back over. Um, Huntington Hunting Dunn from Alabama, um, Illinois Wesleyan. I think the field's grown a little bit. They threw more teams, uh, I think, in the in the lower Midwest regional uh, this time around. And like you said, just the top three uh, advance. But kind of interesting. Uh, you just look at the very first weight, and you're talking about uh, the qualifiers and You've got three of the top four wrestlers ranked by D3Wrestle.com at 125 with Guzman from North Central, uh, Coons from Dubuque, uh, Blasioli of Milliken uh, are one, two, and four in the latest D3Wrestle.com uh, D3 rankings. And then you've got uh, Birchman from Wartburg, who's ranked ninth, so you've got four top 10 caliber wrestlers, uh, granted, according to rankings, somebody's subjective opinion, but still, um, one of them absolutely will not wrestle at the NCAA tournament, if not more, uh, because the field, you know, you've got other, uh, other guys in the field that could sneak in and, and knock them off. You know, you got Hornback from Poe, uh, Hedges from Eureka, who's pretty good. So, just right out of the gate, you've got a weight class like that. That um, you've got possibly an All American caliber wrestler that just won't even get a chance to advance. Right, and then throw in throw in the four. Uh, I'm not even sure who you mentioned it for Wartburg at at. Uh... Because Levi has been wrestling there. Uh, okay, I just mentioned Birchman, who was the last one in the rankings. Birchman, okay. And so the the uh, NCAA coaches' rankings came out yesterday, and they have Levy. Uh, okay. He's fourth. And so, again, <laughs> I mean, you only can put one guy out there, but still, that's that depth and that. Makes, that it, even, makes it even tougher. I mean, it's <laughs> just mind-blowing. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so – it's just crazy. I mean, so, so I've got, I kind of broke it down uh, as to the, our area schools. This is why we love D3 so well, because it's kids that we've been watching grow up in a lot of Iowa 
high school kids. So, so I'll start with Co. Co has four kids that are ranked by the NWCA coaches uh, as of yesterday. That would, if they wrestled to their to their ranking, then and to their seating, I should, you know, I assume that's how it'll be seated. But uh, Smoyle at sixty five is is uh, ranked second. L.J. Richardson at seventy four is ranked third. Jared Voss at eighty four is ranked third. And Matt Arsenal at 197 is ranked third. They've got six others in the top eight. Uh, and uh, uh, so, you know, that they've got some shots to, we just talked about Kate Hornbeck, who is, is, has an opportunity, of, you know, he's fifth there. Uh, then Loris has uh, Eric Kincaid at third at 149. Zeb a Solon uh, grad uh, is second at 174. And they have three others in the top eight, uh, including Jalen Schropp from Williamsburg, who's fifth. And then uh, the University of Dubuque has Brady Kuntz, who's seated third, and then five others in the top eight. Warburg has nine in the top in the top uh, three, and then Levi or uh, whether the other one was at twenty five that is you know right there, and so they could it could and probably will. It's likely they could qualify all ten. Uh, Luther has uh, one fifty seven. Clayton McDon- McDonough, who's second. And at 285, Walter West, who's second. And then you have five others that are in the top eight, although those are pretty low, like sixth, seventh, and eighth. So those are a, a, would be a, a much longer shot to qualify. Uh, Cornell has Kale uh, McLaren, who's been doing very well at 184. Mm-hmm. He's, he's ranked second. And then they have a, uh, in the top eight, they have four that are, they've got a fourth, uh, two fifths, and an eighth. So there's some opportunity to, to you know, sneak in there as well. Hey, BV. I had to throw this one in. They've got a guy that's uh, Alex uh, Axel Hernandez at 149. He's he's ranked second. Yeah. So um, and then just to kind of show the next team after after Warburg, it's North Central. Uh, by the way, Warburg's ranked number one. North Central's ranked number four, uh, and they have six in the top three. They have five number one seeds. Warburg has the other five number one seeds. Then North Central has two number uh, six number twos and and uh, or sorry two number uh, they have two, uh, two number sixes and two number eights so they have some outside chances of sneaking in a couple more. Um, so my pick for the D three regional is Warburg's going to probably win it and then North Central second and I'm going to go with Co Dubuque and Central in that order. So okay. that's my picks for D three <laughs> regional. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, the tournament begins Thursday. Uh, that'll finish up Friday night. Kind of a little bit of a different uh, situation. They brought the uh, lower Midwest Regional back uh, to Iowa um, after I believe it was in uh, Southern Illinois the last time, right? Springfield. Springfield. Okay. Uh, so uh, had been at Dubuque for for a number of years. Uh, brought it back, had to find a venue. Um, it'll be at the Alliant uh, Energy Powerhouse. And the reason Thursday, Friday were the, the only days that they could get. So it's not that big of a deal, just a, a couple days ahead of its normal uh, schedule. But now, uh, that being said, I talked to, to Jared Voss last weekend. He was roughing where I was. And, and uh, mm-hmm. there was two weekends ago, the state meet weekend. And uh, and he's, his comment was, I'm, I'm not too excited because I have to miss another day of classes. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, because <laughs> Thursday, Friday, now you're missing two days of classes rather than Friday, Saturday, where you'd only miss one. So yep. we sometimes forget these guys are students, too. That's right. That's right. They have uh, other uh, obligations that they've got to meet, part of that student-athlete uh, um, experience. So, yeah, that definitely gets overlooked a little bit. But um, what weight do you think is is – at the D3 regional there, uh, what weight are you most excited to really kind of see play out? I I, I always like 165. I, you know, I, I haven't looked real close at it, but let's take a look. I Just off the top of my head, 65, I don't know. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, um, you know, is at 33 as a defending champ. He's what, two-time champ, I think? and. Mm-hmm. He's that's a pretty much a lock. Of course, we like Joe Pins from Hampstead, um, and and Warburg, good family there. And then uh, uh, looking quickly here, yeah, sixty-five has Villar is the number one ranked guy there from North Central. Then Esmoil, then Fuller from Warburg. Yeah, um, guys like Dustin Boren. From Loris, McDonough from Luther, Smiley from Dubuque in the mix as well. Right. In that order, yeah. So yeah, pretty, pretty deep, pretty deep weight class. Of course, you could probably close your eyes and throw a <laughs> throw a dart at a weight class and and see a pretty good field, right? Right, exactly. And and regional is is a little more easy, it's easier to seed when you get to national. And we'll see this with, with especially with Division Three and Division Two as well. But it gets so spread out when you start ranking it, and they never wrestle to, to seed because you know it's hard to seed. You know, especially D two. Right. I mean, it stretches from coast to coast for the most part. Uh, from D three, I think the furthest west school is Nebraska Wesleyan, and then everything else is east of, of here. But it still you know, goes to the east coast. So um, you know, you get guys ranked, and then the you know we'll see a number one go down first. First round likely. <laughs> yeah, those- we've we've seen that first session upset a few times, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yep. So look forward to that uh, this Thursday and, and Friday um, down there. Uh, Upper Iowa, Upper Iowa has its regional um, as well this weekend. Uh, they head all the way to Minot, uh, North Dakota, um, for their region. The yeah. regional on uh, Saturday, I believe, right? Just a one-day event. Right, two two sessions, one-day event on Saturday. You bet. And they've got this. Their regional is tough. They've got Augustana, who's third, Saint Cloud State, who's fourth, um, Wisconsin Parkside is ranked fifth. Then you got University of Mary, always tough. They're twelfth. Upper Iowa is sixteenth, and Northern State is seventeenth. So they've got a very tough district uh, district regional. And uh, the way I see it, I think Upper Iowa will have two kids that will be seeded. And if they wrestle the seed, they'll qualify. That's Tate Murdy at 141. Uh, he's ranked sixth. But we'll, that's how tough this, this regional is. He's ranked wow. sixth, but he's going to have the third seed. Eric Font, who's ranked 10th, he'll be have the fifth seed at 157, in my opinion, if, if, based on rankings. So I don't know if that's mm-hmm. how it'll end up with the seeding wise. But then Chase Lundsman, who is a champ last year he's ranked third at 65 he'll have the number one seed so you know at this 
regional. And then Coulter Bay at 184, he's ranked 11th, and he'll have the fifth seat again uh, if it wow. goes to the regions. So, uh, so my pick here is Augustano win it, St. Cloud State second, and Wisconsin Parkside third. So there I'm going some picks. <laughs> um, now remind me how many – do they take top four? No, they take the, the top three, 18, just like, uh, just like D2. So 18 kids okay. qualify, you bet. And uh, um, so to wrestle back to, you know, that third, fourth place match becomes – you know, many it becomes the who's going to nationals match. Right. A lot of times you'll you'll because they wrestle them side by side. A lot of times there there's more eyes watching the third and fourth place match than the championship match because oh those sure those two are already in. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to watch that third fourth and there's some battles usually. So it does make it fun. That's for sure. Yeah, it should be. Uh... Just, just with you know, Upper Upper Iowa's had such a good season. It's just a shame things weren't spread out a little bit better. You know, um, they're in a new conference and and stuff, and they're still sending them that direction for uh, regionals. It would have been maybe a little bit more beneficial if they were sent in a different direction um, for them. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's disappointing for those kids. But it, the disappointing part is that only 18 kids qualify. Yeah, yeah. That's – your your point is still the, the biggest uh, part of that whole thing. Yeah. You know. NAIA. Who are you picking at NAIA to win it? Um, <laughs> I think I'll go with Grandview. I, you know, I'm going to – I'm going to – Go along with you as well, Grandview. Okay. <laughs> I'll say this though, life could make it close. Well, you know, we saw what they were able to do uh, dual wise. So, uh, you know, it certainly isn't a given with them. But uh, you still like the Vikings, though. Oh yeah, Grandview, ha ha Grandview, life in Southeast Florida. Go figure, Southeast Florida. Uh, have 12 uh, qualified all 12 of their wrestlers. Uh, Menlo qualified 11 and Providence qualified uh, 11 as well. And those are the top five teams. It's Grandview is first, Life second, Menlo third, Providence fourth, and Southeast Florida is the fifth ranked team. And uh, anyway, they, uh, uh, the other Iowa teams that are have uh, qualifiers, Morningside, who's ranked 17th, has seven. Briarcliff has four. Northwestern Iowa has two. Graceland has four. William Penn has two. St. Ambrose has one. And Waldorf has one. So lots of representation with the Iowa teams. Oh, for sure. I think it's uh, it's just getting stronger. Um, you know, uh, I, think it, I think the NAI crop of uh, wrestlers and, and teams of probably uh just considerably stronger than it has been in the past um from top to bottom right and i didn't count life but as i was going through i think they have the first i think they might have three number one seeds and a bunch of other ones that are real high i could be wrong here no. but i know they have a, a few there so that's yeah, why so it really won't be a gimme at no. all 
Now, unless Grandview gets on their roll, they, they've been known to do that at Nationals. So, <laughs> Yep. We've seen them put together uh, uh, kind of a Grandview versus Grandview man before. Right. Um, pretty sure we've seen that in the finals even. Right. What's uh, the Prairie wrestler uh, a couple years ago? Wrestling? Josh Wainer. Wainer, yeah, Josh, yeah. Uh, wrestled in the finals against his teammate. And actually, he was this lower seed, but won in the finals and beat his teammate, who was the higher seed. I think they were one and two or something like that. And and Winger beating in the finals, if I recall. So you never know. <laughs> yep. Uh, hey, one thing I want to mention from this last week, uh, Simpson held uh, a regional for the NCWWC uh, tournament. Um, that's here in Cedar Rapids, the 8th and 9th of March. Um, the University of Iowa, uh, they had, they qualified all 15 wrestlers uh, to the uh, national tournament. Um, just kind of looking, uh, um, it looks like, uh, well, Simpson has, uh, I, I think two qualifiers, um, out of that, uh, out of that group, I, I believe the top four, uh, all moved on, uh, from the regional, um. Looking at Wartburg's results uh, Two. here, um, I think they had uh, a qualifier in Kylie Rule um, at 130. And uh, Cammy uh, Sidlicki uh, at 170 as well um, got fourth. So uh, Iowa has all 15 there. Um, I know there might be some some Hawkeye uh, fans kind of maybe kind of counting their chickens before they're hatched, but North Central has 15 on the way, too, and we saw how those two went head-to-head -head in, in the national duels up at Cedar Falls. That was decided by the slimmest of margins. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't build the trophy case quite yet. Um, for that title because uh, North Central, I don't think people understand North Central has uh, an amazing women's program. It really does. And I think this is going to be a good team race. Certainly Iowa should be favored um, and very likely could win it um, and maybe even do it decisively. But Tell you what, if you think that uh, North Central, who's the defending champ, uh, McKendry won the first three titles until North Central won it last year, um, it's going to be a good competition, I think, uh, with those two schools kind of leading the way. Well, and, and, and McKendry, who, you know, who mm -hmm. really didn't run away. Iowa didn't run away with the regional title. They, it was 220 to 190, uh, 193. Uh, Iowa had six champs and five runner-ups. So McKendry had four champs and four runner-ups. So, you know, that they could be spoilers in there as well, knocking off some Iowa to make the way for North, uh, North Central or the other way around, you know. So um, I don't see McKendry winning it, but they could be a spoiler with their with their medalists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, you got King. You know, there some of these other teams certainly could – 
could play a, a factor. Maybe, like you said, maybe not winning it, but certainly uh, they can they can have an influence on a win here, a win there, um, preventing bonus points, what have you, um, to really affect other teams. Yeah, exactly. And that's true in any tournament, but I think so really in this one. Yeah. Yep. All right. Any other any other items uh, you wanted to discuss? Uh, no, good stuff. Good stuff. It would be fun watching the, the regionals here in town and and uh, keeping an eye on the, the NAIA as well this weekend. So what's the best part of your golf game? We'll, may, we'll, we'll come full circle here. I'll ask you, what's the best part of your golf game and what is your favorite local course to play? Uh, you know, ask me each day what it is. Yesterday I was really <laughs> well. Chipping was all right. Putting was so-so. You know, another day it could be put, putting all right, chipping, you know, anyway. So you just have to ask me on what particular day. Uh, um, as far as my favorite course, uh, Ellis has always been my home course. Not that I played all my life. I did more skydiving than golf. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, anyway, um, so, uh, you know, Ellis is, is cool, but man, Ellis got hammered with the great show. And then, uh, that, I was just going to mention that Ellis was one of my favorites, but the back nine, which I thought was one of the hardest, the back nine at Ellis used to be one of the hardest, uh, public back nines that uh, I think we had around here. But when the derecho leveled a bunch of the trees and stuff, it just really, uh, yeah. Right. That made a difference. And, and I'm old enough to know what the old Ellis was like, that old back nine. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. But so, yeah, it's it, 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 they made it a little bit easier. Uh, not I don't want to use easy. <laughs> That's not a <laughs> But uh, – uh, a little more playable, user friendly. How about that? And yeah. uh, and then the Drecho helped that out as well. But uh, you know, I suppose my favorite. I like man, it's just cool. It's so hard. A lot of people are afraid to go play it, and I'm yeah. not really, really good, <laughs> but I like the course. It's cool, cool. Uh, I enjoy Wildcat um, as well. Um, the uh, course at uh, uh, Mount Vernon. Uh, Quaint little nine hole. I enjoy playing a little bit there. You're not it's now called Trinasty. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I used to like going up to Center Point with my uh, with my dad. Uh, it's not Rolling Acres. I can't remember. Um, can't remember the name of it there, but a little nine it. hole course. Just the quaint little nine hole course and and stuff. So that and Ellis. Um they used to like Jones. Obviously Jones has its own Jones is gone. Yeah. You know yeah, that's so, sad. Yeah. But that was that was one of my favorites really before the re when they before they redid it. You know. So um yeah. So those are the ones I like going and hopefully uh we'll get out there pretty soon. So um, when I played when I was little, and you might have done this, probably you probably didn't, but I would we would get on a bicycle and I had an old canvas, you know, uh, bag that was about this big, and I think I had a a five, a seven, and a, and a three and a, and a driver or something. Not even that, a three wood, 
and I'd you know, putter and put them on my handlebars and we'd pedal up to Chapman's. Do you remember Chapman's? Yes. Chapman's Fun World. Yep. Yeah. Play that. <laughs> yep. Uh, remember playing that. Yep. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this too. Um, there used to be like a par three course mm. when I was younger that that's where uh, dad and I would go. It was like right behind a Menards on the borderline of like the, the border of like Cedar Rapids and Marion. Oh, um, what was that little shopping mall called? Now? Called like a, it was called uh it was called townhouse uh, golf course. It was just a par three right behind uh, like Jack's and, and a little strip mall there um, that we used to, that's where dad used to take me to, to go play when I was younger. So we had those, a lot two, those are the two par threes. And that's what those courses were, were great for, you know, to, to take the kids and, you know, yep. and uh, teach them how to play golf. Yep. So, all right. Well, we got a uh, big weekend here. Uh, like we mentioned, the D2, D3 regionals, uh, D1 schools off uh, this week as they prepare for their conference tournaments the following week. We'll talk more about that then. Um, you know, NAIA uh, championships coming up um, as well. So we'll talk about that later. And uh, Coach, why don't you send us out uh, with our friends for your tagline? Keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.